do this. I hope you're all having a great week so far and are happy, healthy, and well. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast, Leave the Bubble, where we talk about expanding our comfort zones, dealing with changes and embracing challenges in life, as well as staying curious and, in general, trying to grow as a person. Last week, we talked about spontaneity and why a healthy dose of it can be so enriching in our lives. We went over some quick examples of spontaneous decisions that led to a cool story and also learned that accepting a spontaneous lifestyle can limit the number of regrets we have in life by hopping on a wagon of the opportunity train that's passing by and hopefully get to save future what-if questions along the way. If you didn't manage to listen in or would like to revisit some of the points once again, please don't hesitate going back to episode 21 and giving it another listen. But now, let's dive straight into this week's episode, where I'll tell you all about my six-week trip to China back in the summer of 2018. I'm mainly going to stick to some individual stories that really stuck with me, as I won't be able to tell everything I experienced in that unforgettable 2018 summer. But trust me, I learned a lot about the culture, its business world, and made some incredible friends along the way as well. But we'll get into everything later. First things first, what was I doing there and how come I stayed there for six weeks? Well, I participated in a summer business school program run by an association from Torino in Italy. This program pretty much had the idea of teaching its participants all about doing business in and with China, where throughout the six weeks we would go over six different modules, one module per week, each on a specific topic. So the frame of the program was spending the first four weeks in Beijing, taking classes at the Beijing University, then go for a week to Chongqing, which is a stunning megacity right in the middle of mainland China, pass through Chengdu, and then finish the last week in Shenzhen and Guangzhou. Right off the bat, after stepping outside of Beijing's airport, it was evidently clear what an adventure it would be to immerse myself with my program mates into the Chinese culture for the next six weeks. All-inclusive, by the way. <laughs> Amazingly positive aspects, but also challenging circumstances that would open up my eyes on some things I wasn't too aware of. But first, let me tell you about my first few hours after landing. There I was, with a large suitcase, a trolley, and a little bag on my back leaving the airport. I had no clue how to get to where I needed to go, I had no roaming possibilities without having to take out a mortgage to pay for the bill, and the airport Wi-Fi was not working, so all I knew was the name of the address, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> Fortunately, I took a few screenshots of the way to get to the apartment I would be staying in for the next four weeks with two of my program buddies from the airport, so off I went towards the public subway system. After about half an hour, I stepped off at the station I thought was the right one and started walking down some pretty suspicious streets. Oh, and by the way, it was getting dark and was pouring down like crazy. <laughs> I tried to ask people for directions, but no one understood me or couldn't read the address I was trying to show them. So I kept walking, following my gut feeling. Well, it uh, turns out my gut feeling led me to a military outpost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I tried to turn around, but then a soldier called me in, almost screaming something in Chinese, which, of course, I didn't understand at all. 
I tried to explain that I was just looking for my apartment, but all he wanted to see was my passport. I handed it to him shakingly. (laughs) He went into a back room, told me to wait in some tiny office, and two more officers entered that room. You may understand that at this point, I started to get a little nervous. (laughs) The first officer came back with my passport, told me something in a very friendly tone, (laughs) and I just nodded and left. I just wanted to get the hell out of there and kept walking down the streets until I finally found a nice-looking lady who spoke a little bit of English. She must have been the 30th person I approached that day and the first one to rudimentary understand me. She took out her phone, made some calls, and finally explained exactly where I needed to go. After all, I was just about a 20-minute walk away and had been pretty close to it initially had I not gone into the complete opposite direction, ending up at this lovely military outpost. (laughs) So after roughly three hours of wandering around Beijing with my luggages and suitcases under the pouring rain, I made it into my apartment and was officially ready to begin my six weeks in China. (laughs) What a start. (laughs) The next day, we already had an introductory event planned for us where we would meet our fellow program attendees, who were all living in apartments of threes and fours, all pretty close to one another. We networked a little, drank a lot, and really hit it off. Then, once the official meet and greet component was over, with the respective program coordinators and module professors, etc., We went straight to San Litun, the party and business hub of Beijing, to discover what the Beijing nightlife had to offer. Guys, that first night already became legendary. (laughs) One of our fellow participants got thrown out of the club after stealing a... No, sorry, borrowing a bottle from the VIP area. We had to see him pay a huge amount of and I quote, damage control, in the upper three-digit US dollar range, and got our first glimpse into the Chinese upper-class party style. And uh, if I had to describe it myself, I'd probably use the words excessive and wild. (laughs) And that was pretty much how we spent our time in Beijing, partying at night, studying and working during the day, making fun of our hungover friends sleeping through class, and eating delicious, although slightly unorthodoxically prepared food. Which brings me to my next little story. (laughs) So let me tell you about one of the most internally conflicting dishes I have ever eaten in my life. Close to our apartment complex where we all lived, and thus also pretty close to the university, was a little hole-in-the-wall type restaurant, which in all fairness, cannot be called a restaurant whatsoever, but they cooked food there and sold it, so let's just call it a restaurant for now. (laughs) That was supposed to have the best dumplings in Beijing. Apparently, real, traditionally made dumplings. So, of course, I'm all in and go with some of my fellow colleagues to this place. We order a portion of meat dumplings, or jiaozi in Chinese, And the guy brings us a steamer with 10 dumplings inside for each one of us. Those 10 dumplings costed roughly 80 cents to 1 euro. An extremely fair price, if you ask me. So we dive in, and what do you know? Those dumplings were absolutely incredible. Delicious, exquisite little dumplings. So for a buck per 10 pieces, we decided to come here pretty much almost every day for our daily dumpling fix. Until one day... I saw it. The previous days, there were always dumplings already steaming. We would order a few portions, he would give them to us, we would eat, and then we'd leave. 
but we had never actually seen him make them. It turned out that he had a plastic container under the sink with the prepared minced meat in it, with little droplets of water dripping from the sink into it. <laughs> he would take a handful of meat with his greasy, sweaty hand and start preparing those dumplings under the steaming heat of his kitchen. It seemed so unsanitary, and to be honest, it would never fly to have those culinary standards anywhere else. But we were eating dumplings in China, so who would know best, right? <laughs> but at that moment, we were faced with a conflict, a crossroads for our remaining time in Beijing. Should we A, leave this little slice of heaven and never return to eat the best dumplings of our lives for almost nothing, monetary speaking, and adhere to our strict moral code of hygiene, or should we, B, pretend it never happened? After all, we had already tasted them multiple times beforehand and loved every single bite. Well, my friends, it pains me to say this, but we did opt for the latter option. They were just too good to never have again. <laughs> and I could tell you multiple of these stories during the six weeks I was over there, but this one really stuck with me. Sometimes you just need to become a little more local mentally. As they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. I guess when in Beijing, eat unhygienically, but deliciously prepared dumplings. <laughs> we had a great back and forth between incredible nights out. After all, 9 out of 10, we had free entry into the clubs with people buying us drinks because we were the exotic Europeans and delicious food. Of course, not just the famous dumplings, but delicious and succulent Beijing duck. We had an amazing hot pot dinner in Chongqing, which is a type of Chinese fondue where you cook your food inside a huge soup stock in the middle of the table with your fellow dining mates. Delicious and adventurous street food and so much more. We visited unforgettable sites like the Forbidden City, hiked through the forest to then climb into the forgotten, unrestored parts of the Great Wall under the pouring rain, feeling like real-time adventurers, and saw some of the biggest economic centers in Beijing, Guangzhou, and the Shenzhen stock market. We learned so much about the Chinese culture and its mentality, especially when catered to business during our many company visits, and realized how much they know about Western culture, but how little we actually grasp from the vast Chinese world that is growing and developing right in front of our eyes. The unfathomable technologies they are developing and improving, and plans they are making and executing for the following years and decades. Those six weeks were an absolute reality check for me, while at the same time allowing me to meet incredible people I still cherish to this day. For the sake of time, I will cut this story a little shorter, but should you be interested in hearing more about it, please contact me and I'll glad you fill you in on all the details. Or who knows, maybe I'll do a part two someday where I focus more on the business aspect of it. But one thing is for sure, the experience was absolutely unforgettable. And there is little that made me push myself more out of my comfort zone than my time spent in China. Like I also mentioned earlier, luckily I wasn't alone and could share these experiences and memories with incredible people who helped me grow academically, culturally, and personally. So if I had to sum it up in a sentence, go to China if you can, be it for work, for a short holiday trip, or who knows, 
maybe even for an unforgettable adventure. Thank you so much for sticking around until the end of the episode, and I can't wait to see you again next week. As always, please stay safe, stay healthy, and hey, don't be afraid to leave your bubble.